transcendedness. So it's a, actually a form of looking. Yeah. It's piggyback. It's picking back on the seeing, but it's a form of looking. So the seeing has been like uh, something has been put around the seeing, and it's now a form of looking. And that form of looking is really a blindness to the seeing. So while you're trying to look for it, you'll never find it. Yeah. So like Saint Francis has a beautiful statement: "What what's looking is what you're looking for." Yeah. Because what's looking isn't who's looking. Yeah. What's looking is seeing. It's the seeing. And then what occurs is the you gets formulated, and now that you is looking for. It's, a, it's using the scene to try to find the scene. And it runs into a situation that some of the old masters explained really well. One of my favorites was Huang Po. And he would say, you can't use mind to seek, to seek mind. Yeah. You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use light to seek light. Yeah. It's fundamentally flawed. It, it, it won't work today, and you can try it for eons, and it will never work. Yeah. So this is it. We are using seeing that's been co-opted, and been, it's been defined as a form of looking to try to find what's seen. That's why we seem to be defeated all the time. And it's never going to change. You're not going to override those clear statements. Yeah? You can't use the Buddha to seek the Buddha. You can't use mind to seek mind. Yeah? How does it how does it happen that we're using mind to seek mind? It's like your mind. The mind has now been co-opted and claims to be yours. Yeah? It's a defined way of looking that's causing us to be blind to the seeing that's right there while all the looking's going on. Yeah? So we're attempting to look for what's seeing. Yeah? Because we don't, we don't take what's seeing to be what's seeing. We take it to be who's looking. Yes? This is the dilemma. And it's gonna, you can't use the dilemma to get out of the dilemma. It's not going to work. So you can save yourself a lot of time and trouble if you can entertain some ideas and let them get in and let them, let, that, let the downloads rearrange the deck, so to speak, reshuffle the cards, sort of change uh, the lenses in a way, so that because you don't have to change anything at all. Yeah, the seeing is the seeing. There's nothing other than that. All you need to do is question who is looking. Yeah, and then you'll find out what's looking, and what's looking is seeing. Yeah. Not you seeing, not the big seer. There's no, it's not objectified, it's just seeing, you know? Seeing takes, moves through the ear and it's called hearing, you know? Seeing moves through the, the taste buds, it's called touching and, sm- and tasting. Seeing moving through the eyes, it's called seeing, yeah? But it's all seeing, yeah? The same seeing when it moves through an insect, sometimes they see through smell or through feel, yeah? It's not defined by what it's moving through. It's just seeing. Yeah? That's it. Now, it's moving seemingly through this, yeah? And while it moves through this, the mental state claims to be that which is seeing. 
And it has a story about you as that which is seeing, and that is your body. Yeah? That you were not seeing once, you were born, and now you now you're seeing suddenly you have these miraculous attributes that you can see, that you're hearing, that you're feeling, yet if my body passes away and nothing happened, let's say, to my head, you could take an eye out of this dead body and put it in a live body and it would facilitate seeing. Yeah? Because the live body has the prana, has the energy, and the seeing is available there. It's always available, but it's moving through that body because it's alive. It's not the eye that's seeing, obviously, because it's not seeing out of the dead body, nor will it ever facilitate seeing out of the dead body. But it's now facilitating the seeing out of the live body, and it doesn't take time to start facilitating it. As soon as the operation is over, it will see. Yeah? it will facilitate the scene because it's not what's seeing. Yeah? It's not what's hearing. It's not the ear that's hearing anything. It facilitates hearing. Yeah? And what's actually facilitating all the ways of, of sense experience is seeing. Yeah? It's that awareness. Yeah? Why is it so un- seemingly unrecognizable? Because we're busy looking for it. Yeah? It's not that you haven't learned how to look the right way or in the right direction. It's every time you look, you're blind to the seeing. Because the looking is coming from uh, an aberration, in a sense, a mental claiming. It's claimed to be that there's a someone who's seen. That there's an object, there's a subject called Paul who's using the true subjectivity as an attribute, and now I am seeing. Yeah, I'm hearing, I'm feeling, I'm tasting, I'm touching, I'm studying, I'm meditating, I'm pranaming, I'm, you know, praying, I'm, 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 I'm. It seems that there's always this sense of a noun preceding all these verbs that it has nothing to do with. Yeah, you're looking, I'm looking out the window now, and my eyes open, I'm going to see whatever flies by that window. I may have an opinion. Today, I swear I'm not going to see a crow. And then a crow goes by. You know what I mean? I mean, I have no control over it. It's just seeing. When my eyelid shuts, it's still seeing, you know? Don't you feel something when the eye, this, the shade goes down, the light doesn't go out, does it? Like the camera doesn't shut off when the shade goes down, the camera's like, <laughs> you know, and then, oh, you know? It doesn't take any time. It just, the whole thing appears, doesn't it? Like instantaneously. You just... Because nothing's changed. This doesn't shut the camera down. <laughs> it just It's just like the shade is pulled on a sunny day. You don't think it's sunny in this room. Yeah? But there's tons of sun available. You're just in a special room that have, you've pulled all the shades down, so you're having an experience of non-sun. But is there non-sun? No! The five cent shade it let go of the sun. It, what? Oh, it's going to take its time to get in the room? No! It floods in in like a nanosecond. You know what I mean? Suddenly you're bathed in light, and, be, and then you are barren of light. You, there's never been a barrenness of light. There's just an obstruction to it. Yeah? You need an obstruction to keep the light out, seemingly. Yeah? That obstruction, in my view, is the mental state of selfing. It's what's pulling the shade up and pulling it down, thinking it can make light something of an experience. I experienced light today. Who doesn't? Every experience is seen in light. 
I mean, every experience is preceded by light. Oh, I experienced light. No, you fucking didn't. <laughs> In a sense, light's experiencing you. Yeah, you know what I mean? You're being used to feel things and taste and touch. You're not the feeler and the taster and the toucher. And at one point in our growth as kids, we were quite clear on that. There was no sense of Paul when I was like eight months old. Yeah, and yet Pauling was going on. There's no need for a Paul for Pauling to happen. There's no need for a liver for living to happen. Yeah? It's just something that I live through. And that's what this is. We become identified as this, and for this to be identified with, that must be forgotten. Yeah? You can't be everything there is as a special something. It doesn't fit. One's got to go. Yeah? So if you want to be a special something, and you want everywhere to become an experience to your special somewhere, everywhere has to be forgotten. How, how can it be forgotten? It can't be forgotten. It can seemingly be forgotten in time. It can appear not to be so to you. But that's a huge mental activity to keep that appearing not to be so there. There's tons of gaps all day. If you do something you love, that gets broken up. Yeah? If you do something you love and you're engaged in it, you're not busy attending to the mental state and remembering self by thinking about yesterday or remembering self by worrying about tomorrow. You're not engaged there. It's happening. The mental state's doing it, but your interest and attention is in the surfing or is in the love making or is in the pottery making or in the art or whatever's going on. Yeah? You're engaged. And therefore, you're free from the bondage of self. And then you, usually what happens, you attribute it to the painting or the surfing again. You throw it outside yourself. So, I only feel this way when I'm painting. It's, it's a very limited possibility you're entertaining. You could be coming from there quite a lot. See? I, I surf quite a lot. My knee got hurt. I can't go in the water. But if I believed the water was where I got joy, I would be joyless today. But the joy gets expressed in the water. I'm the carrier into the water of the joy. I don't go into the water to get joy out of it. Yes? I bring the joy into it. If joy was in the water, everyone who went in would get the same amount of joy. It's not the case. You're bringing everything into life. Why are we digging like miners to get something out of it? We're the what We bring what life is into it. Yeah? But no, we want to give up all that so that we can have a special, a special sense of being something, a unique one, like no one thinks like I do. Everyone thinks like you do. Because none of us are thinking. This is the thought system that's playing. Yeah? You don't... Listen, I, go to, I went to recovery meetings, remember, first time, 26 years ago. I sat there, came in, with a huge fixed shell of terminal uniqueness. Like, no one, no one's like me. I'm so unique, you know? I mean, it's just insane. No one thinks like I do. You know, no one feels like I do. No one's done the heinous things that I've done. How could anyone be of help to me? They don't understand me. I'm just such a paradoxical specialness, you know. So, I'm sitting there for months listening to people share. And in recovery meetings, people share their feelings, their thoughts, their experiences about things, yeah. 
And after a few months, I go home. I'm going home, and I'm going. Geez, I can only come to two conclusions. How did they get my thoughts? You know what I mean? I mean, I thought these were very special, unique thoughts. They seem to be quite run-of-the-mill thoughts that a lot of people that are going to these meetings are having, and you know, and their feelings seem quite similar to my feelings. And you know, they've done the heinous things that I seemingly have done. There it went. The crack occurred in the terminal uniqueness, which was which constantly reinforced the reliance and the obsession and the bondage of self. That unique specialness is what the self like fills itself up with, yeah, as an immunity to getting hearing anything that could be helpful, basically. Because how can this apply to me? See, it can apply to you, 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 but this you is different. This you is me. Yeah, I don't care how many yous have been using this program to get well, me. No, it's not going to work. You see, it's all this obsession with self. And we're participating in it. It's not like this has been laid on us. There's a cherishing of it. The mental state loves what it's making up. Yeah? When you're in the throes of a deep depression and you have this huge desire, you'd probably do anything to get out of it. I would bet, bet not, basically. There's a lot of investment in that depression by the mental state. It gets a lot, a lot of reflection of being a self from it. Yeah? It uses everything as mirrors to see itself in. The bottom lowest of the lows, and any time there's great success, it's still just enamored with itself. Yeah? Almost like Narcissus staring in that pool. Yeah? It just sees its image. Bad days, good days, success, failures. But you're still shining. Yeah? It's called in Buddhism, they call it the cherishing of self. It's like a love affair with this little mental idea. Yeah? So I don't know. I had run. I've been run down by it. You know, I was worn out. Alcoholism and addiction was a rapacious creditor, as they say. It had taken anything and everything from me, and I was really under that heavy yoke. I was trying to get out of it. I was trying to get out of self as a self. Every time I shut up, every time I did everything, I was trying to get out of self, but as a self. I didn't know that was a complete mistaken view. And yet I kept repeating the same hope that this shot's going to do it, or that girl's going to do it, or this rehab is going to do it. And nothing was doing it. Then I was sitting in a... I had really hunkered down to just accept that as the life I was going to lead. I had just spent two years in a program where they kept a complete eye on me 24-7, and I did quite good in that institutional setting. I thrived in it, actually, because I do better when other people are telling me what to do than when when I'm telling me what to do. And uh, I remember I left that program, graduated, and the first night I was out of that program, I got very irritable, restless, and discontent, which is the state of selfing in one's head, you know, it's an agitated condition, and I felt like I'd been missing something the last two years, which I had been, getting shot at and run over by cars and stuff like that, but I made it like a romantic missing, all those great nights with all my junkie friends, you know, ripping people off and stuff, I can't wait to do it again, (laughs) so I got in a car, drove to a bar I used to go to, and I had my first drink in two years, and it was like, um, 
that movie The Shining when Jack Nicholson comes through the bathroom door at the end here's Johnny yes I was possessed again by the parasite you know and that's what I see selfing is selfing is a mental parasite the original one in a sense and it sort of spawns all the other addictions to try to get out of it yeah so I went on a 10 month run I ended up in a trailer park in a town called Calistoga, Northern California. I didn't know how I got there. Been up for four days and shit. And uh, sitting in a trailer with a guy I didn't know, drinking a bottle of Royal Gay Vodka, cheap vodka. And I looked at his face, and he had a big bulbous nose and very close veins on his face. And I said, this guy's a bum, you know? And, I, and lo and behold, he was looking back at me like I was a bum. And <laughs> that was the moment of clarity in my life. Something stopped the whole charade. The selfing was put, was stopped in my head. Just like that, just frozen in time for about five minutes. And all this information downloaded. And it distilled into one statement. It was like a CNN newsflash. Not a big story, just a headline. And the headline was, I'm screwed. Yeah? Now, people who know me knew I was screwed for quite a while, but it was like really news to me. It went deeper than it ever went, you know? Because I had admitted that I was fucked up in the mental state to get more fucked up. I would admit I'm a drug addict to get drugs. <laughs> but this happened in an innermost condition, which wasn't a mental state. It went somewhere else. And it hit there. And it's changed this whole action figure story for the last 26 years. Like, quite suddenly. You know, I haven't drank a use since that day. And four minutes before it occurred, that's all I was thinking about was getting high and drinking. So, I have had, I've witnessed an incredible demonstration of a power greater than self in my life, you know, because it took this life. And these forces were strong, and they've been going on for a long time, driving me to some deep bottoms, and, you know, and depravity and shit. And it stopped it, and uh, just changed everything, yeah? So I became convinced, I believe with certainty, that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity, yeah? Because it has, simple as that. Yet it didn't end there. This opened me up to other possibilities, and I was led to go into a meeting such as this in 11 years of sobriety, because I first went back to spiritual practices, and I started to meditate a lot, going on retreats in different countries, spending like three weeks meditating 13 hours a day, you know, living on soup at 10.30 in the morning, having many, many spiritual quote-unquote experiences and realizations and everything. But but basically nothing was changing. Really. The same format was the template of every day. It didn't matter if I was washing dishes or doing medit or meditating. There was the meditator or the dishwasher. It was always preceding everything that happened, and it was the biggest influence on everything that was happening. Yeah, the ha whatever I did didn't influence it. It influenced every freaking thing else. Meditation, it didn't matter if it was a noble endeavor or a mundane endeavor, it still was the more influential aspect. So I couldn't do my, do, I couldn't do or have myself out of it. Yeah? Every doing got co-opted by it, and I was the doer of it. 
you know, be it shooting drugs up to the level of meditation. Very extreme contrast, but the exact same template. I'm the doer of it, yeah? And the doer of it was outshining whatever I did. I could do the most noble act and maybe it would produce a little self-esteem, but no freedom whatsoever. Because this overrode everything. And I had no idea. It had been eclipsing the sunlight for so long, I thought that was the state of affairs. Yeah, I thought that we had to work to get a shade open to get a little bit of light. I didn't realize we are the light. Yeah, So I heard a message, came in here, sort of like this room, but the person was much nicer than me. <laughs> she had a loving gaze and stuff like that. Uh, she was, uh, you know, seemingly mellow and peaceful. and uh, But it didn't matter who it was, see? My mind was ready, and uh, so I heard something, and it, it hit me like an unspoken yes, yeah? And it went to the point like, because I was in another really, I was shopping for another technique of meditation. I'd done Vipassana, Zen, you know, you know, Prana, Yoga, all this stuff, but I thought I just need a better turbocharged form, you know? <laughs> and they said to me, you know, why not ask who's the meditator, Yeah. Why not ask a subjective question? Instead of trying to find another object to help that subject, let's ask who that subject is. Just try it. Just maybe change the direction of the looking. Yeah. It's still looking, but change the direction. Why don't you look at the looker? See, you know, go there. So I did entertain it. And it was like an unspoken yes. Something happened. I knew before all knowing, you know. It just hit me. You know, this is it, yeah. And it's become the last answer. I've never needed any other. So it's for many years now. So I uh, entertained it, went to a couple more meetings, got some books that I would have never been looking for, you know, non-duality books or whatever. And I started to entertain some of the concepts they were presenting. And uh, my mind kept opening up, you know, like an, almost like an aperture. Like the aperture had been set to a certain thing, self-centeredness, like I was sharing the other night, it's sort of like a huge camera that's got an incredible open lens, yes, can get a, like a full panoramic vision, yeah, huge camera, unbelievable, starts looking through a smaller camera and starts and it becomes identified with a smaller camera. So now all this hugeness is getting funneled through this very small way of looking called self-centeredness. So here's this, all this huge scene is now being funneled into a very skinny thing of, of self-centered looking, yeah? And it took that to be with the way things were. And all it needed to do was the question, am I that little camera? It didn't have to break the camera or vanquish the camera. All it had to do was like step away from the camera, really. And then it would see the camera. Instead of looking from the camera, it would see the camera. And when it saw the camera, the little camera, it would get an intimation of the bigness that it is because it would see a whole lot more around the little camera. <laughs> you know what I mean? The little camera wouldn't be the whole picture. It would be a very small thing in a much larger picture. And that has a huge impact on mind. When mind gets a sense of the hugeness or the, the unequal length, like lengthless length of it, yeah? It, 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 it produces an effect in manifestation. For me, it's stabilized over the years as a traveling lighter. Yeah? But at that point, it was a novelty. It was, um, it was very interesting to be sitting in a very fixed aperture and then suddenly have it go like that. Yeah? Boom, boom, boom. 
and then you're like, what happened? You know what I mean? And yet, and the feeling went it like, boom, boom, boom. It was like, this has always been this way. Yeah? This has all been a pantomime. It's always been this way. It's never not been this way. All that small looking can never defeat the large scene. It's just impossible. You know? It was just no... So therefore, it didn't provoke any thought or effort. It provoked a relaxation and a, just a disarming. So he's like... Yeah? And so then I go to more meetings. And so the realizations would be like that. The aperture would open up. And it was comfortable this way. This still, Paul was incredibly intact. You know what I mean? I'm having all these realizations. <laughs> so, of course, I'm claiming it to be me, and now it's making me a very spiritual me. You know? So people are recognizing me on the buses. Oh, you look very clear. I'm like, yes, very clear. I've been practicing clearing all day today. You know? very, yes, I have that look now. You know? <laughs> it's incredible. So the realizations are like that. Very easy to have when they're in front of you. It is very easy. Because <laughs> they'll all be claimed as you having them. And it nudes the realization immediately. You miss the whole message of the realization is that there is no one there. You're taking it to be you as a special realized one, whatever. <laughs> so there it is. So the realization is going this, but then as the aperture opened, it also moved back. Yeah? And then the small camera was seen from the big camera. Yeah? And the gig was up. Whoops, <laughs> I went too far. <laughs> I wanted to be included as it's all right when it's going like this. I, everything is phony, but I'm real, you know? But no. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, whoops. Oh, my pants. Oh. You mean I'm in front of the camera? Yes. <laughs> I thought I was behind the camera. The director, the doer, the seer. No. No, 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 no. So, watch. It's like the telescope and the scientist. This telescope facilitates seeing the stars. If you saw the event from afar, the stars aren't moving closer, right? They're not. There's just some person looking through this cylinder, and the stars are just where they seem always been, very far off. But if you put, if you look, if seeing looks through the telescope, the stars seem to appear closer. Yeah. And what happens is, let's say if. The, the identification with the seeing happens in the telescope, and the telescope starts thinking it's seeing. Yeah, it's not seeing. So what happens is to cover that up, it now looks. It looks what we call from the past. Yes, like in the Course of Miracles, it says, you know, why you give everything all the meaning it has, why everything has no meaning at all, why da 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 da, is because you see only the past. Yeah. That would be like when the body becomes identified as the one that's seeing, now it's looking. Yeah? And all you're doing is looking from the past. Conceptual ideas of how things are by how you thought they were. And there was no past at all. It's just made up. So you're living in interpretation, acting out that I'm seeing all day, but there was seeing once, in a sense, but it's been forgotten. Now it's a form of looking. Yeah? So the telescope's never seeing, it's what's looking through it that's seeing. Yeah? We are that which is looking through the body. We are not the body looking out. Yeah? We are that which is looking through it. Yeah. And what happens is, if you entertain that possibility, lo and behold, what you've always been hoping for, the body will actually be given to it, but not as you. You'll travel lighter finally. Seemingly as this body. 
You'll be able to travel this path of time. Because everyone, I tell you, don't you feel the pressure of having to be good all day? You know what I mean? You get that perfect asana at the yoga studio at, let's say, 8.33. You feel perfect. All your muscles are lengthened. and Your breathing's perfect. But then there's 8.35. There's 8.36. There's 8.37. There's 8.38 and 39 and 40. And then you go to another situation like a job, and that's totally different. You know what I mean? There's a lot of fucking pressure all day. You know? I got it perfect. Boing. The second goes. Oh, ah. new variables occur. How can and it's like we're trying to juggle an impossible, but on a shaky ground. Yeah, we can be doing it perfectly, but the ground we're on is shaky. Yeah, and it doesn't it feel like slavery to you? Every day I got to keep accruing value. You know what I mean? It wasn't enough that I woke up. Like, what am I doing Saturday? All right, got to run. I gotta meet. I have to have that latte. Do this. Do that. Do that. Do that. You know what I mean? If I stop, I stop accruing value. Then what worth do I have? You know what I mean? The mental accountant's busily. You all right? You worked out three hours. That's good. Ding. You know, you get five minutes of relaxation for that. You know, it's like this giant god plane. You never let off the hook because then another day shows up. You go to sleep and it's oh, I'm so relieved. And being another day. Oh. on and on you don't see that as slavery Jesus Christ this idea of time where where and how did it become so important when we were a kid it wasn't When when I was a kid and I'd be playing I wasn't thinking well I'd be playing next week I had no idea of next week yet yeah when I was a kid certain things that we seem as spiritual experience was the norm. I wasn't thinking I could be out of a moment. It had never, never entered my head. Whatever moment I was in was so obviously the only thing going on. Then we come up with these crazy assumptions. You know, I, I can be out of a moment, so let me get working how to get back in the moment. It's insanity. We've never left any moment we're in. I don't care how much you think you're gone, Take look at the surveillance tapes. You were there. You are here today. Oh, I'm not really into this thing. But you're into it here. You're really not into it here. Yeah. It's how absurd it is. You know how many books they sold? How to get into the moment? How to really get into the moment? The moment. Your final destination. No, it isn't. This is all you've never left. You know how obvious and simple this is? You'll see blue is blue and red is red. It will be very obvious. You won't be confused about metaphysical matters anymore. You'll just be chilled out. The need to be liberated will be dismissed. You'll realize the best way to transcend this place is being here. Trying to get out of an imaginary place is impossible. You cannot leave an imaginary place. If you try to leave an imaginary place, yes, the place you're going to try to go to is more imaginary than that. And what place have you ever got yourself into by through achievement of spirituality and anything, and it has stabilized? What? Which one? Has the perfect job always stayed the perfect job? 
Has the perfect relationship always stayed the perfect relationship? Has the perfect mental state always stayed the perfect mental state? Emotional state always peaceful and balanced? You know, all your circumstances and situations, your relational states, have they always just stabilized? I found the curse solution, I've never had another problem again. Or are you constantly in the business of finding solutions? Obviously, the problem hasn't been addressed. The problem isn't, isn't the problems you have, it's what's having the problems. What's lending the confusion to the problem is you. It's the mental condition of selfing. Look at every relationship that hasn't worked for you. What was the one constant in them all? You. You have been in every one of those unworkable relationships. you got to get a clue. You know what I mean? I mean, Jesus Christ. There's been another murder. Yeah, your fingerprints are on the murder weapon. What? Oh yeah, you're the killer. What? It's so simple. And then the mental state gets un... It gets... You lose interest in it because you're not the me- it's crowning achievement, the sense of self. You've entertained it at first, maybe, then some realizations back it up, and what happens is your interest attention gets freed from that bondage of self, and it starts enriching your life. Right now. Yes? That's what it does. The add interest and attention that was flaming the obsessions of self that was seemingly displacing you into time states, meant the past and future, now is enriching your life. You feel alive. You're on. Yes? You're on the pulse of living now. And so much answers just drop away. There's no need for them. You are it. You're the living scripture. You are what you've been looking for. You know, the seeker has been the sort. Yes? was just construed in a way that you couldn't recognize yourself because you were looking from a self that you're not. Yeah? You don't recognize the state of being. You try to make it an experience. It's so overriding of experiences. It's the basis of your life. Right now, most of us, our life's based on a mental state. The shift could be quite easily into a state of being. Yeah? That's what Ramana Maharshi would say, at least how I interpret it. He would say, do the self-inquiry until you have that sense of being and then rest there. Get familiar with it. So the, the interest and attention will fly off the perch of the mental state and land on being and will find rest there. Yes? And then you have enough interest and attention to navigate a day and while a lot of it will be resting in the state of being. Yeah? And because being is not of time, and it's not attempting to complete or achieve or ascend or descend. It's just what is. There's a, sense, there's a sense of peace there. There's a stillness there where you can finally, finally, finally find, find true reliance. You can put things down, yes? You can drop the burdens. And it's always right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. You are that, yeah? Right now, we're taking ourselves to be a mental idea. So we're basically living an interpretation of life from a mental point of view. One which is stretched out in time, which is totally linear, which is conceptual, and we're dying from it. Yeah, we're not being fed. 
we're not irrigated. We're like a field that a lot of, there's nothing can grow in some of the field. It's not getting the irrigation it needs. It's like being in this room with no windows open. We need circulation, yes? Attention goes like this. Attention goes out, and then it goes through. Goes into its infinite source, comes back out. Experience things, brings stuff back and forth. Goes back, not to you. That's the loop of self-importance. The loop of self-importance. Where everything is met by this. Yeah? Everything pertains to this. Attention lands there because the mental state says this is so. It follows the orders of the mental state. As you believe, so it is, as Jesus said. Yeah? So now the attention stops and hits the billboard of this little holograph of you as a body. And now that's the Alpha and the Omega. And the interest and attention isn't irrigating the life. Yeah. It's been cut off from the fucking well. Yeah. So now the interest and attention has been stretched like Turkish taffy to be interested in you through thought and time. What happened to me then? Let me, and then you talk to others about it. And what will happen to me in the future? And then all this attention is just stretched out and you miss the obvious. Yeah. And more so by looking for it. So here, the attention goes and it goes through the billboard. It doesn't stop and bounce back. It goes through. And then you start feeling a sense of well-being because you're irrigated now. The windows are open. It's not a storage unit anymore. It's a living building. Circulation is going on. The attention's going, you know, the where it goes. But it comes back. It's sort of like a bee. When it comes back, some of the pollen drops off on you, Yes. So you're feeling lighter. You're being fed, not by outside things that are unreliable, but your own inner unsuspected resource. And you are the better for it, and hence others are better for it, without any thought or effort on your part. You're now of service. You're not working trying to be of service. Sometimes you will. You're of service because you're present. And that means you're available to what's happening. It doesn't take a, a mile to get you back to respond to what's going on. You're right here. Yeah? Because you're not reacting to yesterday and tomorrow. You're living now. Not in the now. There's only now. Yeah? It's not a special now that's better than the now you think you're in. The now. No, it's now. With all these multitudinous little things going on, there's one seeing of it. One seeing of it that never changes. Look at what has passed in front of you in one day. Yeah? Did the screen flinch with anything? Nothing. All it does is see. It's the space that everything happens in. You are of that. Like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. Yeah? And the ofness, a little ofness, goes a long way in the inness. I'm telling you. What we're looking for in, the is, in this is of the ofness. That's why we can't fucking find it. We're trying to get it through things when it's from nothing. Yeah. And you're the source of it. That's why it's not popular, because it cannot be commodified. It cannot be sold. It cannot be kept from. It can't be made more important than something else. It's just what is. Yeah.
Why I come to these talks, if it was about me, I would miss tons of them. I would find some reason why I don't deserve to give this through. It has nothing to do with me. That's why I've never missed a meeting. Yeah. Nothing to do with the thought and the, and the vigilance and the practicing. It's your, it's your innate state. It's dying to express. Yeah. It's giant. It's without any intention. It's the greatest, greatest leavening agent. It takes the interest attention and it allows it to leave, to migrate out of the mental state into the physical state, into the emotional state. You know, you get well, you get well rounded, so to speak. Yes, you're not this little silo trying to transcend, or you know, a big blunt object trying to get ahead. You're like a well-rounded, yeah? You're feeling emotionally fit, physically, you're working at things, you're alive, you know, your mental state, you have a good working mind, and when the job's done, it recedes, yes? You can put two and two together, and when it's four, that's it. It's called off, it says, what is it really for? You you don't deserve to be a four. No, 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 no fucking all that fucking interpretation at the how we could sell, you know, describing the game you're in. No, it just stops. It comes up, hey, I lost my keys. Then I think about the last place I was, called them up, as soon as it's done, all it can do, it stops. Yeah, and then you're back in resting in that, and then the, the keys come or they don't come, but the keys aren't as important as they used to be. Because you don't really care if you get anywhere. <laughs> because you have what you hope was going to be found there. The there, the mythical there. There's got to be a better moment in my future. No, there isn't. <laughs> this is it. Like Kenny Loggins said, make no mistake who you are. That's right, okay. This is it. <laughs> this reminds me, because it's a long day. i got to pull out some of my story. <laughs> There's one I love is the mythical here, there. The here, there story. Okay. Here I am sitting in my one-bedroom apartment. I pretty nice. feel pretty good. Things are all right. Traveling pretty light. And then I'm looking at a big uh, full-color page advertisement in a you know, the Sunday paper, and it's a picture of a, a beautiful couch, you know, and I think, wow, you know, my life would be better with a couch in this thing, and I start, I start bemoaning the fact of my couchless state, you know, you know, I'd probably meet more girls if I had a couch to bring them home to, and maybe I would conceive my first child on that couch, and you know, I go off, and it's starting to make a couch sound really good. Always pointing out that I'm not, I don't have a couch. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now I'm starting to feel a little irritated, and I think, you know, I want a couch, you know? And I start thinking, my friends have couches, and they haven't told me how great it is. You know, I fucking resent those friends of mine. <laughs> and I'm going to get a couch, and so now I set on a course of action. So I, the couch becomes this there. I figure when I get there, everything's going to be great. All right? Just an assumption. You never think, oh, she's the one, I'm going to be married and have kids, but you never think it through to the divorce and the, you know, fucking alimony and shit like that. That probably will happen. You know, it's always like this mythical, oh, everything will be great. You know, it's like when I hurt my leg, I hurt my leg January 6th. So when my mind tells a story about the hurt leg, it says, and it happened around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, it says, 12.59, all the way back was great until you hurt the knee. 
and now it's just been so bad for eight months. You know what I mean? It has to add time to make it juicy. If it was just the knee hurts today, oh, wow. But eight months, it's hurting. And, you know, it's never going to get better. You know, and this is what it does. It takes something and it just elongates it. But if it's good, it sort of shortens it really fast. Right? Uh, you don't deserve feeling good today. Oh, yes, all right, all right. I can't go out with you anymore. Why? Oh, and you just don't know. You don't know who I am, you know? <laughs> so it shortens everything that's good and elongates everything that's bad. You want that to be a two-setter? Seriously? You want that to be the piper you're following all day? It's fucking insane. So here I am. So now I'm working hard to get the couch and... Uh, and I'm going to have a couch party. I call these people up. No one RSVPs, you know, on Facebook. No one says, oh, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> no, maybe. So the couch comes. One o'clock, I've got, I swept the whole area waiting for it. I'm excited. I'm mentally very excited because this means a lot to me. So I, I get the couch, and if they put it in there, and I'm, I feel the exhilaration of getting what I want, which wasn't, isn't going to last long. And then I sit on the couch, and I'm just enjoying it. Then I realize... Jeez, the rug doesn't match the couch. I've got to get a rug, yeah? So now, I finally arrive at the mythical there, but it has this stubborn condition, which it's here. <laughs> the mythical there, when arrived, is always here. And I've been thinking about the mythical there to get out of here, and now the mythical there is here. So what happens? My mind makes up another mythical there. Now I need the rug, yes? So on and so forth. So it's like a form of slavery. So it invalidates the moment you're in with this idea that there's a better moment coming. Yes? And some people are afraid of it, so they come to this talk and it's, all right, what happens if I don't like the talk? Well, I've got the two pints of Agnadas, I've got Godzilla rented, movie, and i got two other movies, so I feel secure. Okay, I can put up with this for a little while, because I got that at home. Yes? <laughs> this is the mental state of security. It's based on knowing, and you don't know a fucking thing, in most cases. Yeah? But it's based on it. It's like a false sense of security. We're being fed. But the real security is in insecurity. If the real knowing is in, in I don't know. That's where real knowing is revealed, is in I don't know, through I don't know, not through knowing. I, when I don't know, I have to find out, which is a much higher form of knowledge. Yeah? Finding out can convince you. Knowing can convince you, and you'll be unconvinced in five minutes. It doesn't stabilize, but finding out can stabilize. It can become certainty. Yes? Boom. Now something solid you can rest on. So, that thing with the couch, I've done that tons of times, you know. Usually it would be a woman, and so I'd have a 5'10 blonde, and then when that failed, I figured I missed it by an inch. 5'11 blonde. <laughs> so, you just tweak the formula. You never question the whole thing, you know. You don't see it doesn't work. We're relying on a failed system of thought and interpretation. And it's going to keep on failing, because that's what it does. Yeah, You're not going to find peace through it. You're not going to find peace in it. You're going to find peace from it. Away, you know? From recognizing you're not the center of the system, which is the feeling, the sense of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, from the freedom from that, you will start feeling alive. Your fields will start being irrigated. You'll sense things that you never thought you could ever sense. Peace. 
chilled out, ease and comfort in your own skin. Yes? You'll be located here by the obviousness that this is happening and will will override all the speculation about what's not happening every single fucking day. You'll be immune to what's not happening. And you'll be here because you can't be anywhere else. There'll be no thought or effort about it because there's nothing nothing you can do. This is the fact. Yeah? You are here. You recognize that cleanly and clearly. Blue becomes blue. Red becomes red. You have no confusion. You may be confused where your keys are or something like that. You won't be confused about these metaphysical questions. There'll be no need to be liberated anymore. And yet that's the greatest liberation. The greatest liberation is the f- being freed from the need to be liberated. You're truly finally here because you've never been here. Yeah? The Urban Renewal Project is called off because you're not you. Because you are going to want to keep improving you the rest of your freaking life. You know? You're never going to be... It's never going to be over. It's never going to be over. It will find fault somehow. You won't be enough, some way or another, all the freaking time. The slavery is not going to end. You have to realize the the chains are of your own making. It's the cost you pay for the obsession with self. You need to be obsessed in and as a self, you have to forget your nature. Your true nature cannot be brooked with the identification as the mental state. It has to be forgotten by the constant remembering of you as a body. That's why Francis, St. Francis says, it's in self-forgetting that you're reborn. Yes? A great Zen master, Dogen, said, to study Buddhism is to study the self. And to study the self is to forget the self. Because if you study the self, you'll realize it's not you. And when you're, it's not you, you won't be interested in what facilitates it. Yes, and you'll be in the state of self-forgetting, and you will know what you are. Or you'll know everything from what you are, not trying to find what you are. You will be discovering what you are by finding everything else during your day. Yeah? Beautiful, man. Things make sense, finally. So what time is it? Noon. Mm-hmm. All right. Do any questions? We'll go on a little while. You know, what? You pay more on Saturday. That doesn't mean it's <laughs> you're going to get more. <laughs> I'm not a believer in more anyway. Seriously. People think the more time they put in something, the more they're going to get. It has nothing to do with time. Your mind is not of time. Your mental state is of time. Your mind is not of time. Yeah. Your mind is not of processes and programmings and, and paths. What do, when they say a spiritual path, what spirit has ever been on a path? <laughs> the only thing that's on a path is a body. Yeah. What, the, what spirit takes a journey? The only thing that takes a journey is a body. How can spirit, which is everywhere, go anywhere in everywhere? That's not everywhere. There'd be no travel agencies in everywhere. What ticket are they going to sell you? You're already everywhere. 
Yeah? The body. We frame everything from a body reference. Even spirituality. You don't see this constant consent by listening to these thoughts without clarity. How so much is said that we have things to do with that we have nothing to do with. Like, it sounds like, very nonchalantly, I hurt my knee. Like, I had a hammer, and I went out in the water, and I banged my knee with the hammer. I didn't hurt my knee. Something happened, and the knee went out. But the way the language frames it, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I'm, I'm guilty. I hurt my knee. Sorry. You know, you know what I mean? It's just insane. I'm, I'm the thinker. <laughs> what, an insane, what an insane thought that I'm the thinker of all these thoughts. It's like trying to herd cats, you know what I mean? Oh, let's separate. These are bad thoughts. These are good thoughts. These are my... I can't share these at all, man. If people heard I had these thoughts, they'd know the person I was. Why? The thoughts make you who you are? No. Give me a fucking break. We're not the thinker. We're not the feeler. We're seeing feelings. We're seeing thoughts. And then the mental state arises, claims to be the seer of the thought, and then interprets it as yours. That's what it does. It uses everything. Simple example, let's say uh, this. So, or let's say a glass, yeah? Glass of water. Glass of water, statement. But now I say it's my glass of water. Now the glass of water is being used to point to the one who has the water. This is the self-referencing that's going on all day through the language, yeah? The language is always pointing to you. You're being inferred, you're being assumed, you're being implied, you're being insinuated as the doer, as the thinker, as the feeler, as the actor. Yes? All day. All day. And if you're listening to it without, without clarity, you will be under its spell. Yeah? And then when we talk to others, we're passing it along. Yeah? You did that fucking thing. And, this, and it goes on and on and on. It's reinforcing itself. Yeah, it's like the parasite has got all these different hosts and it's talking to the parasite in them. <laughs> and they're all, yes, keep them at bay. They're all on their thumbs. Yeah, yeah, I'm the doer. Yes, I thought that thought. You know, it is so fucking insane. Where they've done those tests, they're now studying these parasites in a, that they call them toxo, this one thing. It's a parasite that's in a lot of different things, a lot of animals and mammals. And it's in our brain, too. They don't know what it's doing in there yet, but it's in our <laughs> brain. Seriously. And the toxos, they, they find themselves in different animals, but the only place I think they can reproduce is in a cat. They've got to be in a cat body. So they're in mice and rats, and what they do is they jack into the mice and rat's head, and when the mice and rat that's been driven by Toxo, sees a cat, they run towards the cat. <laughs> they override the instinct, which would be get away, they run right to the cat, so that they can get eaten, so the parasite can get to where it wants to go. Now, who's driving the bus? The mouse or the parasite? Yeah. What would happen if a mental parasite seems to have us, but its trick is an incredible strategy? Because sometimes, for some of us, it's a very hostile takeover. Mm -hmm. And that you would naturally throw that freaking thing off. But it has convinced us that we're it. Yeah? It hides in the head. You can't see it with x-rays. But it's jacked into the thought system. And its expressions are called our expressions. So when it acts out, that was my acting out. Yes? 
Fear, my fear. Resentment, my resentment. And in recovery, they saw it. They finally saw it. And they said it very clearly. I don't know, see how people can, can interpret it any other way. You know, in the English language, it says self, you know, the small s, manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So it's, he's saying they're different. You know, this is the us, and then there's this something, a non-thing or a mental thing called self that has defeated us. Manifested in various ways in life. Okay. So you, you let's say you're convinced of that. And it says, okay, now we'll look at its common manifestations. So we're going to name some of them. So, right, resentment. So when you have a resentment, is it truly yours or is it, a, or is it an expression of self in, through your life? Yeah? Fear. So is the fear really yours, or is it the parasite's expression, and that you're claiming them to be yours? Which would be what? The act of being identified. Wouldn't it? In other words, if a foreign something was in me, expressing its qualities through me, and I was claiming them to be mine, I would be identified as that. I don't see how it can be anything else, yeah? So the act of being identified as a self is the dilemma. Yeah? So mind has decided it's the smaller camera. So I'm looking from a very, very parasitical point of view called self-centeredness, and I think I'm the one who's doing everything, seeing everything, and in fact I'm not. And the only freedom is going to be from it, not for it, or as it, or by it, which we're attempting to do all day, but from it. So if you see that the act of identification cannot actually produce a self, it can only seemingly produce itself, that you need to be the one that makes the leap into the identification. All it can do is point. All the language is doing is pointing at you are the doer. There's no doer it's pointing at. It's pointing at a body which is not the doer. It's what's facilitating doing. Yeah? But it's, by all the pointing, the, us, our mind makes the leap into what's being pointed at. Voila! Yeah? Now the act of identification is pretty much solidified. Now all the expressions of self that are going on, you, you, it's camouflaged by, the own, by its own host. Because I keep saying they're mine. These are my fears. Yeah, these are my... No, they're not. They're being projected or produced by a point of view called self-centeredness, and you're not self. It's like you have a helmet on that's making you see and act and do things, and that's not the vision. You can take it off. It's like a pair of glasses that's produced a distortion, yet we never feel there to see because we assume they're our eyes. So we, buy, we try to buy other glasses to correct the distortion of the first pair of glasses instead of taking them off. You can just take them off and you'd see... Oh, Jesus, I thought I had cataracts. No! It was the glasses you had on. I never knew because you never felt. You never inquired. You never entertained a possibility. You just assumed, this is me seeing. These are my feelings and my resentments. They're not. It's been co-opted. Something has taken it over. How is it? How's the occupation going?
I'm telling you, it radicalized, it stabilized. It's no bells and whistles. There's just a tra- stabilized traveling lighter all day for years now. And you know what? That's what I always ever wanted, really. This whole idea of enlightenment and transcendence, I was just looking for an ease and comfort here. Yeah? Not being upset by me, not being upset by you. Just trucking around, you know, doing whatever goes on, having me like seat assignment. Everything's cool. Yeah. I couldn't have it as a self, but it was realized from realizing I'm not that. Yes, that's all I had to do. I've never started looking for what I am. I just see what I'm not. I've never looked for what I am. It's pointless. That's what I'm. That's what I'm, That's what's looking. I can't look at it. Yes. I gave up that fucking futile search. I'm not trying to look at for my authentic self. There isn't one. Yeah, I just see what I'm not. All the referencing, it still goes on, all the pointing, but it doesn't make what it cannot make, a self. You do that. You buy it, you believe it, and then you live as it. Withhold the interest and attention, it has no fuel. It's a stale, fucking old movie. Just keeps relooping, relooping, rerunning, rerunning. Applies the same old past view on every new day. Yeah. Yeah. Is it so? We and when we entertain this, uh, we use we use our own thoughts and our current mind to entertain the idea that this about selfing and all that stuff, right? Not really, because you don't need thought. It's more the attention. I like why I call it entertaining. I don't call it thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's entertaining. Don't you have a quality of mind that's like has a? It's like curious. It's got qualities. It's not been structured into thought. It's just like a like a, an inquisitiveness. Let's say. You know what I mean? When when you were a kid, you were inquisitive. You were open. You wanted to find out. Mm-hmm. It's not you were thinking about what you were going to find out. You were open to finding out. That's more like that. It's like an entertaining. You may use language to point at the self, you know? So you'll use the vehicle of self to point at the self, yes? Mm -hmm. So that they both, like, they extinguish each other. (laughs) Ding! And so what's left is what you are, yeah? You know what I mean? Sort of like the trip from a mental state to being, is there's no trip at all. So let's say if you're occupied in the mental state, you're going to use the mental state to negate the mental state, in other words. That's like neti neti. I'm not that, I'm not that. Yes? And then what happens is the system drops into being and there's a whole different modality. And your wiring sort of readapts sometimes very quickly and now you feel at ease instead of agitated. Yes? You're, you're weaned off of time quickly. You don't really... You know, you plan, but all planning happens now. It's nothing... Not nothing. There's nothing that happens that's not now. So, you don't have... These arguments that people have, you don't have. It's like, they're very inclusive, yeah? Oh, yeah, there's thoughts about the future, but that doesn't imply there's me thinking about the future. It's just thoughts about the future. Yeah, I have nothing to do with it, yeah? So, you have... It just changes everything. And with not much happening, you know? Just the mind going, like a hiccup of the mind is like a fucking, like the highest, like, eight-point earthquake tremor in this mind state, really. Just a hiccup. Just a, what? (laughs) The whole thing, you know, the whole thing changes. Yeah? Because everything's preceded by mind. 
Nothing affects mind. Mind affects everything else in manifestation. But nothing in manifestation affects mind. Mind is like the sky. Everything appears in it, but nothing, it, nothing that appears in the sky affects the sky. Yeah? It's just space. Your mind is like space, yes? It allows everything to arise and depart, but it's not affected by anything that's arising at the party. Yeah? So there's no thing that you've ever done that left the mark on it. All has been forgiven prior to any forgiving. Yeah? The freedom is not after the bondage, it's prior to the bondage. You realize that all this stuff you thought was so wasn't so to begin with. It wasn't like it was so and then you broke it down into something else. It's seen as not being so. Yeah? So what more do you need to do? Nothing. And how much time would it take? No time. Yes? Yes. So mind is like sky, like they say in Tibetan Buddhism. Allows everything to arise, all the clouds and this and that, but none of what appears in it affects it. That's what mind is like. The mental state is affected by tons of things, but that's not mind. It's a mental state. It's like mind that's moving through brain now becomes as something, it, it manifests sort of like as mental states, yeah? But that's not mind, yeah? Yeah. If I say think and intuition, does that, uh, it shows up for me, or, or it appears as, when there's a thought, there's a construct, there's a structure, there's a house that I'm building. Yeah. And intuition shows up, I, I would say, prior so definitely, definitely, and then the building of an idea yeah, goes around it. But it's the intuition that's the spirit of it. Yeah, right. you don't even need the insp- The intuition can just stay that impulse or that energetic spurt. It doesn't need to be translated into thoughts either. No, it will still produce I'll do it. it. It'll I'll produce an effect. There. The yeah. mental state will. You don't do it. The yeah. mental state will. Yeah. It will try to add thoughts onto it like a shell, but it doesn't have to. It can just be intuition. Yeah. You can be more sense felt in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? How sometimes you have intuition with sure, energy yeah. of people. And it's not what I'm thinking. No, no. It has nothing to do with it. No. Thinking is horizontal. It's like a horizontal loop. Intuition is vertical. Yeah, if you want to look at it almost as that. Intuition, vertical. Vertical insertion is much different than thought. Thought is horizontal, it's like an orbit. Yeah? Intuition is like a comet breaking through those orbits. You know what I mean? Like or like a shooting star. Yeah, it's a different feeling. Yeah. And you get used to it. It's a, just a different modality. Yeah? You don't want it to sort of integrate into the mental state. Let's st- just let it ascend to its true ho- relevance, which is much higher than the mental state. Yes? Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let the mental state kowtow to it. Don't let the mental state absorb intuition and make it something. Intuition is much like, would be an example of higher mind, in a sense. It's much higher mind than thought. Thought is horizontal. It's looped. Yes? Mind is, is downloads are in, in vertical insertions. They're not, there's not, the downloads that happen in my experience are not horizontal. They get to be translated horizontal to communicate, but they're vertical. They're vertical insertions of information. And it doesn't, it's not like when you're downloading information as a quantity, it would take time. There's no time for this information, but it expands as a huge quantity. Yeah. Yes. Boom, and then boom. Yeah. It's like a, a file that has nothing in it that expands the whole tons of megabytes, let's say. 
and takes no time to download. It's just like a vertical insertion. It breaks through this little orbit of this mental state because you're in, your seeing is sort of captured with this horizontal thought orbit. And so the seeing goes through the horizontal thought orbit and turns into a form of looking, self-centeredness. Yes? And then all the information that's acquired gets stuck and gets caught into the horizontal loop instead of going to planet, you know, Paul, or non-Paul, let's say. Yeah? It gets caught into this little asteroid belt. <laughs> and everything starts seeing like the same old, same old. Yeah? But downloads or grace is vertical. It inserts. It inserts into the linear story, but not through the linear like this, boom, boom, boom. That's why it's so powerful, Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it stops, it stops the linear parade, so to speak, and that pause, everything is revealed. Yeah, there's a freedom from the bondage of self, and then you see it as an inherent state instead of an experience after a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But why do we even bother then with that mental state, or like what? I'd ask yourself that question. Well, when it's not up to us, see, it has a life of its own. Yeah. It's doing its thing. Yeah. And our greatest quality is that we're just seeing. But we've taken ourselves to be a doer and an actor and a thinker and a feeler. But the, and we lo- and we lose the sense of our try. Actually, our highest qualities is that we're aware. See, we're awareness. Yeah, yeah. We lose it as we try to give that attribute to a body, but the body's not aware. <laughs> it's awareness. There's awareness, and our body's appearing in awareness. Awareness is an issuing from a body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have no idea why we're doing anything. I don't. I don't care. So I'm not interested in it. Really. A lot of things I was interested in, I'm not interested in at all anymore. You know what I mean? It's just. It's just. It's pointless. You know. A sense of being, there's no explanation in there. Because there's no need to. It's just rest. You find solace there. yeah, Because it's complete in and of itself. It's not trying to do anything. It's just whatever it is. Yeah? So you really can find rest there. And then you have enough to move through this little act. You know? It's like you've been wound up. The action figure has its own life. And it's going to end. You know? The body's going to shut down one day. But you, you're not, you're not, there's no beginning and end of you, you know? You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not located behind your cheekbone, you know what I mean? You're not, this isn't the kingdom of heaven in your body, you know, Winston, you said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. I would always think it's a pretty small kingdom, very, not so much parking in here. No, because the you would always be assuming me, the body, you know? But what you really are, the kingdom of heaven is in. You are the context of all. Yeah, we are that. Why not? Let it come in. It's very pra- it's pragmatic. It'll allow you to travel lighter this Saturday, man. Really, really, because Sunday and Saturday. What is it, Saturday? Yeah. Sunday and Friday won't have this looming mental influence. It's like a weather front we live under all day. Yeah, this is great, but Tuesday. You know, people come to these talks, oh, I feel so great at these meetings. But Tuesday, oh, okay, Tuesday. But what, is it actually happening? Why do you want to let it influence today's so much for? 
You don't see that as the slavery? We're always bringing in next week or a hypothetical question. But would this be available if I was married? But you're not, aren't you? No. It's available now. Why not just accept that possibility? But I want it to be available later. There is no fucking later. You see the allegiance to the, to the mind, the mental state. Most of us are ardent followers. <laughs> I mean, you've got the uniform on. You're pledging allegiance to tomorrow and yesterday all day. I don't care if I'm feeling really good now. What about Tuesday? Is, it gonna, is this effects of this meeting going to go into my work week? What an insane thing. Why not just, okay. Oh, it feels really good now. Great. Am I being provoked? Any? No, nothing else is being provoked. Will I? Do I care if we'll be here tomorrow? No, because when tomorrow occurs, it'll be now. <laughs> There'll be no difference. <laughs> There's never been any better or worse moment. There was just what was in the moment. That's all. What was in front of the screen. <laughs> you know, how many movies have you gone where you crapped at the screen at the end of it? The screen. <laughs> there would be no movie without a screen, but it's very underappreciated. It really is. The screen is the basis of all, and yet none of us are really acknowledging it. We're so into the particulars, we get lost in the trees and we miss the forest. Yeah? We're looking for the piece of the forest, but we want to get it from a tree. You won't. So, that's it for now. Hey, we'll have lunch or something. Can, will you free me? I feel like this laser. No. <laughs> no. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep inspiring me. There's <laughs> lunch time. There's lots of food. Everyone's welcome to stay. I know some of you brought something. Some people didn't know about it. There's lots of food that we need about 15 minutes.